You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. Hey, we're glad that you're with us today. We are an expository preaching church for the most part, so we're really three-quarters expository, which just means verse-by-verse is how we teach, and then a quarter topical preaching. But today we're in 2 Samuel. It's been a while since we've been there, and we love that we got to have that recap video. It takes care of a lot of the things for us preachers before we get up here. But uh, there's something I want to address before we begin, which is some of the things we just saw are wicked. And there's a difference in the Bible between instructional teaching and historical narrative in the Bible. Some of the things that are wicked that happens, it's not saying that God agrees with what happened. Because there's a difference between the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. The things that we saw, the adultery, the rape, the murder, trying to overthrow a kingdom God wanted to establish... Those things are not in the perfect will of God, but there are things that he's, he allows, and you might even think in your own mind, well, that's not just. Well, just to clear things up, we serve a God who is just, whether it is in this life people have some justice that he brings on them, or in the life to come, whether that is before, uh, before the, the judgment seat of Christ or the, white, the great white throne of judgment. There will be justice one day, and God will do that. And he's a good God. So just to give you more context, God is still good. Amen, everybody? All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll jump into the scripture. Father God, we're so thankful for you, Lord. God, we're thankful that you love us and are for us. God, we pray that today that you will move in this service. Lord, I ask that you would would touch every heart and every life in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that your word would do its job that it would penetrate, that it would, it would show and expose areas in people's lives where they can be more like you. Move in this service and use me, bless me as I bring this message. May it be a blessing to everyone who hears in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so uh, the recap video was great. There's a couple more details I need to bring you up to speed on, especially if you've never read 2 Samuel or you don't know anything about the Bible. So, There are uh, these different men who are a part of this story that are very crucial that you understand exactly how they fit in. Absalom is David's son that was mentioned. He is actually, he's gaining popularity. He's the most handsome man in all of Israel. He actually stands in Jerusalem before people come into the court area to get their case heard before the king. He says, oh, the king can't hear you. I wish I could. I would grant you justice. And so he he steals the hearts of the men and women of Israel. And he gets them all on their side. Then he he sends letters saying that he is king and he rallies troops to his side. And this man named Ahithophel is one of David's counselors. And he's one of David's wisest counselors. And he knows how David makes moves. And so he sides with David's son Absalom because his granddaughter is Bathsheba. 
And her husband, Uriah, who was one of David's mighty men, is murdered at the hands of David. And he has in his heart that he wants justice for Uriah. And he has that bitterness that grows and grows and grows until he decides, yeah, let's take over the kingdom. Let's put Absalom as king instead of David. I'm going to get my own justice my own way. And so then they go towards Jerusalem. David gets news of this, that Ahithophel is with Absalom, that they're going to try to take the kingdom. And he says, we got to flee really quick. We have to get out of here or we're all going to die. Absalom will not spare us. So they leave Jerusalem quickly. They're on their way. While they're on their way, they go to the Mount of Olives. They go a little bit farther and they meet this man whose name is Hushai. Hushai is not only a counselor of David, but uh, Colossians says that he was a confidant. He was a friend who would actually hear David's secrets. And he has dust on his head. He has his cloak torn. And David says, you shouldn't be with me. You should be back in the city. And he says, what I want you to do, Hushai, is I want you to go to the city and I want you to frustrate the council of Ahithophel so that Absalom will come to ruin. But even before David sees Hushai, he prays this prayer, Lord, please send, make a way so that, that Ahithophel's counsel will not be wise, that, that you, will just, you will just make it fall. He prays that prayer. Well, God answers that prayer through this man, Hushai. And so Hushai goes back into the city the same time that, that Absalom comes into the city. And that takes us where we are. There's a couple more things that happen in the previous chapter, but for where we're at, this is the most important thing for you to know. So they're in Jerusalem. Ahithophel has said to Absalom, I would choose 12,000 men to set out tonight in pursuit of David. So he's saying, hey, let me choose. I would choose. And then even later on, he says, I would do this, I would do that, allow me to, to do this. And I think there's wisdom in that because he knows exactly what David's going to do, most likely. He's been a counselor, not only in the kingdom, but in war. And so he's doing that, but he, he, he says, we want to choose 12,000 men. And let me help explain this for you because it's easy to gloss over that. Him saying, let's get 12,000 men in pursuit of to." of David tonight, one, he's saying, we have to move right now. But two, the 12,000 men was also a spiritual thing because Moses did the same thing. He selected a thousand men representing each tribe of Israel, actually from each tribe of Israel, but here it's just a representation. And so it seems like, well, let me explain it this way. To understand they're trying to kill the king and people. It's not good, right? That's wrong. And sometimes what happens is we, even in our own lives, we do something wrong, but we believe we're justified because of a right or another right. And it's something that is almost of a custom of saying we have faith in God, see God's on our side. It's a little bit of a slap in David's face saying we have all these men who could conquer you. Don't you see all of Israel is with us because there's 12,000 represented. 
And so what I want you to get from that, the little nugget from it, is the intent of an action taken is not justified by a ritual, by a rite, by a custom, or tradition. Because the intent of what is happening is still wrong. The intent is, let's overthrow God's chosen king, but we'll show that we're in the right. We'll use some things that are right to justify what we're doing. And I think we can learn a lesson from Ahithophel here because we, we can't do that. We can't, as Christians, we can't take Scripture and take it out of context and twist it and make it our own to get our way. Right? Because, you know, these characters, there's a little bit of each of them in us. We all can be an Absalom who tries to overthrow somebody else and gain popularity, or an Ahithophel who tries to, to gain and get what he wants, revenge through another person. Or we can be a Hushai. We could be the David who's the victim in all of this. We just have to be careful about how we live our lives. Moving on to verse 2. He says, I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror. Then all the people with him will flee. And he says, I would strike down only the king. And I think that is really his heart is he, he just wants to kill David. So he's saying, once again, we can't wait. We have to move right now because David, he's tired. He's not thinking straight. He's on the ropes. Like a boxer, he doesn't... He doesn't have his bearings. We have to move right now. But it's important to remember, David has warriors with him, but he also has women and children. And Ahithophel wants what he desires, but he wants to bring the nation to unity in his own right, in his own way. The plan seems wise. Verse 3 says, and bring all the people back to you. So we'll kill only the king and bring the people back. The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all. All the people will be unharmed. And then it says, this plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. So what I want you all to see is the enemy of Absalom is not David. The enemy of Absalom is Absalom. Because Absalom, Absalom's life has, has been, my sister was wronged, my dad is doing nothing, I'm going to take it to my own hands. And then when he comes back, he's not allowed to be before the king. So he tries whatever he can to get back before the presence of his dad because he has a hope of being king one day. And so what he does is he takes the, he goes to the commander of David's army and tries to convince him to go to David, and he's not having any of it. So then he burns Joab's field, he, and basically there's this confrontation that happens between Joab, the commander of the army, and Absalom, and Absalom says, I didn't do anything wrong, you wouldn't listen to what I said. So he would, he would do whatever it would take to get what he wants. He has all these people around him who are counseling him and, and he's positioning himself, people who are telling him who, he's great. And he has that evil heart and we all have that. We all can have the, the unrighteousness rise up within us. 
and tell you a story. Yesterday, our kids are playing, um, playing Mario, and it's one of those games where four of you can play at a time, but you run across the map, and if the person's at the end, but the other person's at the front, the map keeps moving, so the person could die and get killed, can get squashed between the wall and the moving wall, if that makes sense. So I'm in my room working on the message and working on stuff, and I hear, no, don't do that. Why'd you do that? Don't do that. Stop, 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 stop. I hear it over and over, and all this frustration in the room. Lila, Natalie, it's you, it's me, all the kids. Like, all the names are being shared. Leland! And after a while, I come in, I say, okay, you two are going to stop playing because they played enough. And I was like, I'm going to play. And I thought, I'm going to show them how we're going to, how we're going to act. <laughs> if you want to divide your family, get a Nintendo Switch and play these Mario games. Because we start playing, and there, you know, you can like, if you're, if you're about to die, you can become a bubble and just float in the air until you get popped by the other guy. But the problem is, is if everybody does the bubble at the same time, you lose the level. You're, you're out. You've got to start again. And so that's happening where everybody becomes a bubble, or people become bubbles, and I fall off the cliff and die, and I'm blaming everybody else. And then there's one character that's faster than all the other characters, and that character's going on. So I'm getting squashed against the wall and the moving wall, and I'm like, why did you do that? What is wrong with you? Right? Just being human with you right now. But you know what? That, like, I, I learned a couple things. I probably shouldn't play this game with my kids anymore. One. But the other one is that, that we, like, it, all it did was it didn't, it didn't make me mad. It didn't, it didn't just frustrate me. It brought out what is in me. Right? I know I'm, a pa- I'm human, okay? But, but it was bringing out evil intentions in me. Which is, what was it? It was about what I want. I don't care if you want the mushroom or you want whatever to grow your guy and get bigger. I want to live in the game! But the game doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we all have evil intentions. Every single one of us. Sometimes it just takes pressure to get it out. And that's what's happening to Absalom is he's, we're seeing who he really is. And what we need to do, we need to remember, it's not about me. If I had thought about it, if I had focused on my kids instead of me, I wouldn't have gotten angry at a stupid game. Because what's more important is that I have their heart. Right? I fail all the time. The enemy of us isn't, yes, the devil's our enemy, but, but the enemy we're in competition for is ourself because we try to put ourselves in place of God. We can't do that. We need to subject to him and what he wills and what he wants. And that's the fall of Absalom, is he doesn't submit to God's will or God's desires or God's laws. He submits to what he wants. Moving back to the scripture, verse 5, But Absalom said, Summon also Hushai, 
the archite so we can hear what he has to say as well. And when Hushai came in, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given this advice. Should we do it? He says, if not, give us your opinion. Verse 7 says, Hushai replied to Absalom, the advice Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. So he's saying, I recognize it's good, but it's not great. Remember, he's trying to keep David alive. He says, you know your father and his men. They are fighters, as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Besides, your father is an experienced fighter. He will not spend the night with the troops. So Chris, could you put up that picture? So that's what he's trying to get this picture in their mind, right? So he's motivating them by fear. And who knows, this is the worst case scenario in the wild, right? He's basically saying for us to help you, he's saying your dad is William Wallace. He's Mel Gibson in Braveheart. He's Maximus, Decimus, Meridius, and Gladiator. His men are like those men. This is not going to be good for you because you're not coming up against just that alone. You're coming up against their families and they're going to do whatever it takes to kill you. And he's, he's using these similes that we'll see. This is one of them to get a picture for them to see, hey, don't do this plan. Verse nine says, even now he is hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say there has been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. So the, the author of The Art of War, he says all warfare is deception. When you are strong, you act weak. When you're weak, you act strong. And Hushai knows David's hurting, him and the people are weary. They don't necessarily know the next move, so he's trying to buy him the one thing that he needs to succeed, which is time. He's being a great friend for David. He's being an advocate. Aren't you so thankful we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit? But we also we need relationships of people who will get our back when others are trying to tear us down, when the devil's trying to tear us down. So Hushai, he gives the one thing back to them that they gave to David, which is fear. Fear of losing, fear of people's opinion. Verse 10 says, Even the bravest soldier whose heart is like the heart of a lion will melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those who are with him are brave. He's saying you're not, you're not just going to lose this battle, you're going to lose the support of the people of Israel. Verse 11 says, So I advise you, let all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, be gathered to you with you yourself leading into battle, leading them into battle. So I think it, it probably went something like this. Let's not, let's not just gather 12,000. 12,000 is great. 12,000 is good, but hey, let's get everybody on your side. And it's appealing to his, to his pride. And we know pride goes before destruction. And so 
He's saying, you're so great, you could gather everybody. And that's not true. And the other thing is, he says, you lead them. And I think Absalom probably thought, commander of the army, Absalom the commander. Absalom, for us today, it would be the equivalent of Absalom the general. I like how that sounds. And God is using the pride that he has in his heart against him. Verse 12 says, Then we will attack him, and wherever he may be found, he will fall as dew settles on the ground, nor will he or any of his men be left alive. He's also appealing to what he knows is truly in Absalom, which is he doesn't just want to kill the king. He wants to kill everyone who's been loyal to the king because Absalom is an extreme narcissist. Who knows that if a narcissist If you don't take their side on a disagreement, you're their enemy. That's what's happening. So he's he's using this against him. He says, "If if he withdraws into the city, then all of Israel will bring ropes to that city, like grappling hooks, and pull, drag down to the valley until they have as not as much as a pebble left. Because what they would do, they did it a couple times before this in their history, so Absalom would have known about this, but they would pull the stones down into the valley. It'd be hard to rebuild the city. Verse 14 says, Absalom and all the men of Israel said, this advice of Hushai the archite is better than that of Ahithophel. He says, for the Lord has determined to frustrate good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Why did, why did God want to frustrate his plans? It's because he failed to acknowledge the Lord's plans. He went against what God wanted. And you know, Absalom did not fail initially. And you could look at the story and say, he should have took this person's advice instead of Hushai's. But really, the advice taken was for evil intent. So if he had gotten his way, that would have been bad for the rest of the nation. He failed years prior. He had the wrong people around him who gave him ill counsel. He had people who would tell him exactly what he wanted to hear. You know, you and I, we need people who will listen to us, but tell us not necessarily what we want to hear, but tell us things that might even wound us. Because the wounds... The Bible says that the wounds of a friend are better than the kiss of an enemy. We need people in our life who are going to call us out. Not only like Hushai, who will be an advocate, but we need people who say, your breath stinks, right? Your your collar's messed up. You're off in your thinking here. The words you're using are not helping you. You're destroying your life. And it's hard to hear, but what it takes is a heart of humility, which Absalom refused to have, because it was his way or the highway. And we shouldn't be that way. That's why life groups are important. And I'm not saying every single voice that you hear, just because someone calls themselves a Christian, because that's really what Ahithophel did, was he's like, I'm a follower of Yahweh, 
but he had some terrible advice. Maybe, maybe his advice, it wasn't unwise, but it was unjust. Sometimes we hear advice that's wise, but it's unjust. We want to be in righteousness. So we need people around us who will tell us according to the word. Now, how do you know the advice that you hear is good or not? I would say it falls in these two parameters. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then number two, to love your neighbor as yourself. If Absalom did that, he would have never risen his heart against his father. And we measure everything that's said by the word. So we have the sign-ups in the lobby. I encourage you after service to go sign up for a life group. Get involved here. It's a wonderful thing. People who will help you, who want to help you succeed. And they're not just going to call out sin like, sinner, sinner. That's not the goal. No, no. We gently instruct and correct one another. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.